Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you. My name is Susie, and welcome or welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. I am so excited and so thankful that you're here. Um, it's been a minute. The last time we talked, I was with some friends in literally a pizza restaurant <laughs> ordering deep dish pizza, which I had my doubts about deep dish pizza. I had never really had it before, and the way that Grace was describing it with like cornbread crust, I was not having it. But then when I actually ate it, it was one of the best things I've ever had. I forget how much I love pizza until I eat it. It's just so good. Anyway, um, but this time around, I'm hoping to do at least two podcasts a month. Um, I'm obviously back home um, in the United States after studying abroad in Vienna. So I hope to have a few topics surrounding that experience as well, kind of as reflection. Um, but mostly just as I've been going through about the going about the weeks, I've kind of just been writing down or reflecting on what God's been teaching me. And that's kind of just what I want to bring over to the podcast because I find it so helpful to hear from others. So hopefully hearing from me and any guests I bring on um, will help guide you just in your in your walk and your daily life. Um, but today I really want to talk about humility. And Humble by Kendrick Lamar is a song that I enjoy. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to title this podcast, Be Humble, Sit Down. Um, but basically this topic kind of came up for me at the beginning of the month. So in a turn of events, um, I decided to go with my friend Grace to the church that she's been going to um, here in St. Louis. And it was kind of marking, it was the week after New Year's. So New Year's Day was on a Sunday. So it was the week after. Um, and the church was kind of starting fresh for the new year and starting like a new sermon series. And when we walked into the church, there was like these booklets on everybody's chair. And it was basically like a devotional series that was 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, so fasting is something that can be like another topic within its own. Um, if you're like me and like you've struggled with an eating disorder in the past, sometimes fasting can be kind of like a taboo topic because like it's a spiritual discipline and like you know it's something that Christ values and teaches us to do. But it's kind of hard to find a balance of, am I doing this in a healthy way? Am I doing this for the right reasons? So I've really struggled with that in the past. But one of the options that the church suggested for a fast for these 21 days um, was social media. And I had actually found myself like kind of struggling with social media. Um, I deleted my Instagram over the summer and I really did well with that. I liked not having it. I'm pretty sure my account was still there. I just like deleted the app maybe. Um, but I didn't, I kind of remembered this from my friend Stella who lives in Scotland, but in, at least like where I was in Europe, it's not very common for people to ask for your phone number. But typically if I met a new person and they were like, oh, what's your, they would ask for my Instagram. So I ended up redownloading Instagram mostly to just stay connected with the people that I was meeting in Vienna. And that's like, how I would communicate with some of my friends was through like Instagram DM, which like now that I'm back home, that seems so silly, but there it's like a very common thing to do. Um, so I had Instagram and kind of as the semester was ending, um, I really noticed a like change in how I was using it. I just found myself mindlessly scrolling a lot, um, kind of like not just going through my feed, but kind of like low-key stalking like other people's Instagrams and like looking at their past posts or like 
just like really thinking about the comments or the likes that I was getting. Um, and also, um, I guess like when it comes to like going through a breakup or like, you know, a fight with a friend, like any type of like relationship ending, um, sometimes it's tempting to like keep refreshing their Instagram or like seeing what they're doing or like I kind of found myself posting things in order for other people to see it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you kind of post something with just one person in mind that you want to see it. So I just noticed myself like kind of not in the best relationship with my Instagram. And so it seemed like a really good time to be prompted to delete it and fast from it. Um, so like I said, since I deleted Instagram before, I didn't really like think it would be a big deal. But honestly, the first few days were genuinely pretty hard just because it was hard to break the habit of just mindlessly scrolling on it. And like, I completely deactivated my account so that way no one was like DMing me and like getting mad I wasn't answering. Um, But it just revealed a lot of pride that I had. Um, Like I said, just like posting things just to like kind of get a response from another person, whether I actually was receiving that response or not. Um, Also, I noticed like, I would sometimes almost do or plan things just so I could post something on Instagram, which is like embarrassing to say out loud, but I think that we honestly all like fall victim to that. Um, And so I just really recognized like a lot of pride that I was dealing with, but wasn't really addressing. And so I, you know, was able to recognize that on my own and kind of just started to like pray about that just for God to like reveal like where the pride was in my heart, in my life. Um, and I kind of just like went to the word of God and was like, okay, like what does the Bible say about pride and humility? And I have like a topical index in my Bible. So like I was just kind of looking at verses that talk about pride or humility. And basically like all I was finding was that like pride is bad. Humility is good, which like I could have told you that without like looking in Proverbs. So, um, what I kind of do when I find myself in the situation of, I'm a little confused of how to enact this spiritual discipline in my life or, you know, I know the Bible says that this is good, but how do I get there? Is I look at the life of Jesus because he is ultimately like the living example of what our lives should look like and how we can best be serving the Lord in our time and in our purposes on earth. So one of the kind of iconic examples of Christ's humility is in the Gospel of John chapter 13 where he washes his disciples' feet. Um, So basically, like, what I initially was surprised about with this passage is that I feel like we often, like, associate pride with arrogance or, like, blatantly being really self-obsessed or rude towards others. But pride is, like, a lot more discreet when we think. So for me, like, being prideful on Instagram isn't, like, posting just selfies or, like, photos of myself doing certain things, but kind of like I was saying, like those discreet um, kind of manipulations of what other people see from your presence on social media. Um, So yeah, I definitely saw pride come up for me in doing things for the sake of outward appearance, speaking poorly of others to gain like a sense of justice or or just like finding myself in the mindset that like I'm God's gift to the earth, where in reality, like I'm sinful and like I'm struggling and I'm broken basically. Um, so in, I'm just going to read through John 13. Um, this is just kind of like the first, um, 
like 10 or 11 verses um but yeah so just to kind of set the scene um this is before the passover festival so just a few days before jesus is going to be arrested and ultimately taken to the cross um but he he gathers his disciples for this moment um a few days prior to this so starting in verse 1 in john 13 it says before the passover festival jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the father Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you don't realize now, but afterwards you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said not all of you are clean. So again, some additional context to this story is it was very customary um, in Jewish households or just like Israelite households at the time um, when you have like guests or company over um, just because like they're literally like trudging around in like the desert sand and like gross dirt on the ground. Like literally imagine walking everywhere barefoot or like a sandal that is, like, literally just, like, cardboard. Like, absolutely not. Like, if I don't have my hokas, I'm literally not going. I'm not taking that trek. Jesus, just kidding. Anyway, um, so when the guests would arrive, it, the household, like, consisted of kind of different tiers of servants, and so it was, like, the lowest of the low servants in the house that would wash the guests' feet. And so Jesus takes that on himself, even though he is the master, he is the rabbi, he is the teacher and has a lot of respect, obviously, from his disciples and says, no, I'm going to take on this role and I'm going to stoop down and wash your feet. So from the disciples perspective, like this is very shocking. This is going against all of the cultural norms that you knew um, and is obviously very intimate. Like my feet are personally like so gross and I still have like the creamsicle nail polish on my toes that I got painted in December and it is late January. So I would personally be like kind of embarrassed. But anyway, so basically this passage kind of brings up the following points that I'm going to kind of talk about. So in in regards to like the keys, I think, or aspects of humility. So like the first aspect of humility is knowing who God is, then knowing who God says you are, then a call to action or kind of like the so what of, you know, how we can be humble in our actions And then the last component would be having confidence in God um, and the humility we find in him when facing obstacles or rejection. So to kind of start off, um, the kind of first component here is knowing who God is. So when we're seeking to be humble, when we're seeking to take control of our pride, that comes with knowing who God is. Um, So if we go back to the text, um, verse 3 says, Jesus knew the Father had given everything into his hands. So this is just basically Christ understanding that God is the creator. He is all-knowing and eternal. 
and we can do nothing on our own, but all things come from him. Isaiah 55 talks about how all things come from God, from heaven, and germinate and sprout here on earth. So nothing that is thrown at us that we face, no relationship that we have, is not known and ordained by God. Um, so our like accomplishments, our attributes, our successes are not our own, but come from him. So I think that you can think about this like simply in terms of running a half marathon. Um, so that was something that I've talked about on this podcast before, something that I did in the spring. So like, yes, that was an accomplishment that I seem to have like attained on my own. Like I trained for it. I ran it. I crossed the finish line. But if you kind of take a step back, all things that went into it came from God. Like the the job that gave me the money to like buy my registration, like the body that I have and like my physical ability to be able to run for 13 miles, um, like the sun that was shining that day so that I wasn't like running in the rain or snow, um, the music that got me through, you know what I mean? Like, yes, like I tend like it seems like I did it on my own, but there's so many different attributes that came from the Lord that like I wouldn't have been able to do. Like my health is like completely in his hands. Like, you know, it, it, it's up to him if I like broke my leg the day before. So I think just like taking a step back and acknowledging that we've genuinely like attained nothing on our own, but all things have come from him. Um, so what that means is that God deserves the glory of our accomplishments, um, of the things that we're doing. Um, of the relationships that we have and so when we take that glory for ourselves that's like low-key plagiarism like you know what I mean and so I think where that comes into play with humility is that you can't really be like too prideful of something if you acknowledge that you really had nothing to do with it but you lift that glory back to God who all things come from and so you know Jesus in this moment knew that everything was from the Lord like these men that were following him um the the water in the house that they were in um and so that way he didn't have to like try to uphold his status but was comfortable in saying you know I know this is all from God and so I'm gonna give this glory to him and stoop down as a servant in this moment um and then kind of the second part of that verse and like the second part of what I would say humility is 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 knowing who God says you are So I think that sometimes when, you know, thinking like what I just talked about of everything um, bringing glory to God, that can tempt us to think really lowly of ourselves. But that's not like what the Lord means. Like that's not what he teaches us um, when it comes to bringing glory to him. Um, Because that second part of the verse is that um, Jesus Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. So he just, he knew um, his identity as a child of God, as the son of God, and and knew that he would be reunited with him because he was going to be placed at the right hand of the father, which is, which is so beautiful. Um, so not only like does Jesus know his identity of who God says he is, but he has also given us a new identity of who God says that we are. And whenever I falter in really knowing who I am, um, as a follower of Christ, as a child of God, I, I typically go to Ephesians 2 or Ephesians 1, um, which really gives us a lot of the attributes that we obtain when we accept Christ as our Savior. And he says that we are loved, that we are chosen, that we are his sons and daughters, that we are worthy, that we are co-heirs with Christ. 
He says that he will never leave or forsake us and that he reaches down from heaven to rescue us and that he will always welcome us with open arms and has prepared an amazing eternity for us. Like, that is just beautiful. That's like, and that is true. Like, the Bible says that all of those things are true. So if you need to like go back and listen to that again or something sticks out to you, like meditate on that. Like, for me, um, sometimes I feel like, like right now, as I'm kind of struggling with feeling prideful or, um, you know, working through this fast, I feel kind of defeated or unworthy. But God says, no, like I I will redeem those areas of your life and I, I call you worthy no matter what. Um, so I feel like pride creeps in when we're insecure um, and need to prove to others or to ourselves that we are worthy or special. Like I've kind of noticed that with Instagram of when I'm insecure about my life or my current situation, I want to make myself look better, like on the exterior to um, look good to others to feel better about myself, you know, and I think that we're all guilty of that, especially in this day of age. Um, But when we know that we have already been claimed by the God of the universe, we can trust that. So we don't have anything left to prove, we don't have to succumb to this feeling of anxiousness and pride that leads us to forgoing our humility, we already know who we are. And so we don't have to prove that to ourselves. We don't have to prove that to anybody else. And so knowing who God is and knowing who we are just really completes our identity and allows us to be able to think of ourselves less because we're not questioning who we are or what our purpose is because we know we have that security. So I don't necessarily, you know, pride kind of equates insecurity. And I feel like humility equates security and just knowing who you are and and who God is. Um, so kind of, you know, with that in mind, with that wholeness of your heart or your being, like, so what? Um, and that's exactly like what the text goes on to say is, you know, once Jesus acknowledged this thing, so he got up from supper and laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Um, so we understand who God is and can recognize our own need. And this leads us to recognize the needs of others as well as what that says about them. So, you know, I recognize that I am a child of God, I am worthy, I am chosen, I am loved. And when I know that for myself, I can recognize that that is also what's been said about the person next to me. And, you know, I can acknowledge my own needs. Um, You know, I need to be humbled. I need to be sustained by God. I can then recognize that that is what the person next to me needs as well. So out of humility, we can show God's love to others despite the cost or the impact on our image. So like I was mentioning earlier, like this is the role of the lowest of the low in the household to wash the feet of the the company that's held. But Jesus didn't need to uphold his status because he already knew who he was and he knew who God was. And so he could recognize the need of others to feel seen, to feel known, to feel recognized by him. And so he had that intimate moment of stooping down and washing their feet, of making them clean. Um, And ultimately, like, the point of this action was to point to God and the kingdom that was coming and what the Savior, what the King truly looked like, rather than to his own, like, self-glorifying idea. Um, So, I don't know, I guess, like, my challenge is kind of like, what is my so what, you know? When I know these things, like, how can I recognize the needs of others around me? And so if I acknowledge, hey, I'm struggling um, with some insecurity, like, after ending a relationship with someone, like, how can I, 
hear that of the person next to me, you know, maybe they're going through a similar situation. Like, I don't need to make it about me. I don't need to, you know, go to them and try to relate by just talking about myself. But I can just understand the needs that they have based upon my own and and serve them in that way and ultimately show the love of Christ to them. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, God says that we are his image bearers. Basically, like, we are his ambassadors. Um, So just like, you know, any, like, Instagram ambassador of, like, a brand um, promotes that brand and associates themselves with that, um, so can we associate ourselves with Christ and be that example of what his love and what his kingdom looks like to others around us who who may not know or may be struggling with that. Um, and then I think it's really interesting how the text goes on to talk about Peter. Um, and Peter like really rejects this of, you know, you will never wash my feet. And I think that sometimes um, others around us get confused um, when we kind of challenge the societal expectations um, to best serve God and it's it's hard for them to accept um, but I like what this was met with from Jesus um, was that he continued to pursue him he says if I don't wash you like you have no part with me like he he didn't just say okay that's fine whatever um, and let it go but he continued to pursue him Um, and I think that extra push, obviously Peter's response is that, okay, well, if you're going to wash my feet, like you need to wash every part of me because I'm unclean. Um, so I think that our humility challenges others to, um, see in themselves, like where they may may be struggling as well, or where they may need Christ, where they may need a savior. Um, and so again, like we can continue to be this ambassador of, of true humility and um, of, of what God wants to do in us and through um, that person. Um, so I think just like the underlying implication of this of this text is just understanding like your why. Um, so for me, like when I'm like about to post a photo or when I'm about to um, speak out against somebody to a group of people, like who am I trying to bring glory to? Like, is posting this bringing glory to myself or making me feel like I look better or more accomplished? Or is it to glorify the Lord and, like, the friends that he's blessed me with, like, the opportunities that he's blessed me with? Um, and, yeah, that doesn't have to be just in a social media context, but in anything as well. Like, oftentimes I notice if I'm feeling, like, insecure in a social situation, I'll gossip or, like, bring others down to kind of make myself feel better and, like, that laugh or um, affirmation from others like kind of boosts my my pride. But I think true humility would be, um, you know, not engaging in that um, when you're in those situations and recognizing like, you know, just as much as you're struggling, you know, the person that you're about to gossip about is struggling as well. And so if we um, recognize their needs in the same way that we recognize our own, we're, we're convicted to not go about, you know, the gossip or the slander or whatever it may be. Um, so I just love the, the story of the, of the foot washing. I think it's so beautiful to think of Jesus humbling himself in this way. And I actually went to a camp called Celebration um, with the church that I was working with um, that actually kind of reenacted this. So there's two basically leaders of the camp and 
they are the ones who wash the feet of all the other participants and volunteers. And so obviously you don't have to do this like in real life, but I think what was challenging there is like when you find yourself in a position that, you know, is a leadership role or something that you're really proud of, it's still like acknowledging like, okay, but how can I still serve others? Like, I don't just want to serve myself. I don't just want to bring glory to myself, but I want to show the love of Christ to people. Um, And so how can you like wash the feet of others around you? You know, like how can you, um, you know, best, best show the heart of God in that way. And so for me, um, a leadership role I recently attained was in my sorority. So now I have like a, what's it called? A position um, in my sorority on like the executive board. And that's an area where I can definitely just like be prideful about it and be like, oh, like I'm on this exec board. Like I'm so much better. I'm going to like talk to people in the way that I want to. Um, and it can definitely be tempting to do that. But I think like for me, like where I can kind of wash the feet of others is to like put myself um, with the other girls, um, in the sorority and do my best to serve them in the way that makes them feel special and makes them feel known in the way that I feel. Um, and so that, you know, just looks like asking hard questions, um, being vulnerable, like being intimate, even when it's not always easy or, or fun, you know? And so, I think just when you find areas of your life where the Lord may be challenging your pride, um, I think the first step is how can you serve in that area? Um, and I think that just makes humility come a lot more naturally and, and less forced. So yeah, that's, that's really all I have for today. Like I said, um, I have a lot more things that I'm excited to talk about as I go throughout this semester. Um, so thanks so much for hanging out with me. And as always, um, you can email lifeabundantpod at gmail.com if you have any like requests or things that you want to hear from me. So thank you guys so much, and I will talk to you soon. Mwah!